I, I think the funniest joke uh, that I saw was everybody should have known Daryl Morey was coming to the Sixers the moment he followed Sixers Adam on Twitter. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are all set. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 278. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Got some fun stuff to tell you guys about Bob Novick Automall later on in the show. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our awesome friends at Tomahawk Shades. Just got my new Blue Light Plus glasses in today. They are doing no audio. Should be audio now. So, let's try that again. Welcome in to... Episode number 278 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. Shout out to our amazing local sponsors that make this show happen and allow us to actually have audio. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing the way that things should be done. A quality product for an affordable price. Just got my new Blue Light Plus glasses in today that I'm wearing on my face. If you're watching on twitch.tv slash PHI, head over to TomahawkShades.com, enter our code when you go to checkout, USP, you're going to get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, 25% off. All orders $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. And sign up for their rewards program so you can start earning free money with Hawk Points because every dollar you spend translates into rewards money that you can use to purchase anything on their website. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. And, of course, support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to, to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered 
by Manscaped. When I tell you guys this is premium, I mean premium because the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And let's say you're, you know, you're running on a time crunch, might need to shower and do a little manscaping at the same time. Well, you can do that because the Lawnmower 3.0, the waterproof technology lets you groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light. We don't suggest manscaping in the dark, but you know, sometimes it happens. The LED light is there to illuminate grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You guys can show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are listening right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will indeed thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream and not quite the nightmare that it's been lately, it seems. It is uh, a revelation with our Philadelphia 76ers because uh, Daryl Morey is indeed on the way. He is uh, signing a five-year contract to become the president of basketball operations for our Philadelphia 76ers. And this is something that I don't think we saw coming at all. No, because it's a positive move. And I think we've, <laughs> we've pretty much convinced ourselves that all we're going to see from the Sixers is uh, negative stuff, money-saving stuff, more of the same. I think we had a lot of reason to believe that because this is like two months into the proposed reshuffle. Um, but they have. I mean, hiring Daryl Morey on, in of itself is, is a huge acquisition to make for this team. Incredibly bright guy, very talented Young as well, like someone that's going to like grow with this organization and, and help us build. Um, this is a guy, like especially if you're someone that misses Sam Hinkie, uh, this was a guy that in a way discovered Sam and you know was kind of in his branch of, of analytics and understanding the game that way. So um, I couldn't be like more happy to have Daryl Morey involved with this organization, especially at the level that he is, where he's the president of basketball operations. So he's going to have a huge role in what this team does going forward. Um, and the other bright spots are as well. You have Sam Cassell being hired to the assistant coach staff. Like there's lots of, lots of moves being made that I think can, can lead people to be pretty excited about this team, which is frustrating because I was getting really good at hating on this team. And now I'm going to have to kind of uh, to, to hold on that. But all that said, I think there's still issues with this roster. I think that he has a huge task ahead of him. Um, and it's the polar opposite from what he had in Houston, which is why when Mike D'Antoni was potentially coming here, um, I was especially confused by that because, I mean, that's not a system. This is not a, a team or personnel that he's you'd expect him to be successful with, and it's the same with, with Daryl Morey where um, his entire scheme is getting guys that can hit three-point shots and layups, and that's it. Um, with the layups down, I think, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's if he's noticed. Uh, he signed the contract before he reads that yeah. we're terrible at shooting the three. 
and I totally forgot. It is uh, indeed spooky season. So on the layout, if you're watching on Twitch, some things are about to change. Boom. Spooky. Um, but yeah, Daryl Morey, it came out of nowhere. Like, I was just scrolling on Twitter, and then it was like, boom. Uh, Woj bomb. Daryl Morey is indeed coming to the Sixers. And then Shams broke the news that it was a five-year contract. So same amount of time as, as Doc Rivers. And we said that it made sense when the Sixers hired Doc Rivers because before Daryl Morey left the Rockets, he was, you know, there was talks about the Rockets going after Doc Rivers. So it was almost like a, you know, perfect meetup for those two to, you know, eventually be working together. Yeah. Um, there's lots of, I don't want to like go overboard on this, but like, it's almost like, uh, it's like in like the superhero movies when like multiple, like you get like all the crossovers, like, oh, it's cool to see them all in the same spot. Like you're seeing that now, like in the same way where it's like, you're kind of pulling talent from around the league into the coaching staff, which isn't something that we've had with this iteration of the Sixers. We've had pretty much the same guys every year shuffled in a few assistants, but it's been Brett running the show, and now you have Doc Rivers, who I'm mild on, but is still a well-respected coach. Um, you got Dave Yerger, like coming in, which is like a huge, like he was a, a head coach, and now you know is a part of the assistant coach staff. Sam Cassell, who's someone that was, uh, you know, in the running for lots of head coach positions, and is now you know a highly regarded assistant coach coming here. Um, who else? The the Pacers coaches coming here. The one that was uh that that was Dan Burke. Dan Burke who was talking about uh, Joel Embiid. Um, and I can already tell that that's going to be a fun relationship because of Embiid's tweet. And you have Daryl Morey joining. You have um, uh, Rutgers is being uh, uh ejected out of the uh out of the Sixers organization, which is great to hear. Um, but yeah, you know there's. There's plenty of things to be positive about with this move, which I think is exciting for lots of people and um, very curious as to what happens next with the Sixers. They never stop. Like these, <laughs> the Sixers are always in the news somehow. Yep. Uh, they definitely have mastered uh, the ability to just constantly be talked about and, and constantly just give us things to, to discuss and ponder. Um, now this is, this is huge. I mean, again, Daryl Morey, He's walked into the the Rockets and and rebuilt, um, you know, a, a team that was pretty pretty off. You know, like mm-hmm. he came in um, and got power at the end of like the Yao Ming Tracy McGrady era. Um, now we're not quite like as dysfunctional as these teams, <laughs> but I mean we're also in like a, an incredibly bad cap situation, right? Um, which I, I'm very curious to see what you know what what comes next. But you know it's. It would have been great to have this last summer, maybe before mm-hmm. we made all these decisions. Um, before you know, so much of, of, of money was tied up into Tobias and Horford, and you know, we made those trade deals that we did. But that's, that's where we are now, and um, you know, it's it's inspiring though that Daryl Morey came here because I don't think he would come to this situation if he didn't feel that he was going to have the kind of control that he wants. Um, we know that he left Houston because. Tillman Furtada is a terrible owner and doesn't actually want to spend money. And there's a, clearly a rift there. Um, say everything you want about this 76ers organization. They deserve it. Um, but they've certainly been willing to spend the money. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can slant and we will still, they should still yes. sell the team, but <laughs> um, they have spent, I mean, they're going to have a huge luxury tax bill. They've had no problem handing out big contracts. It's not like they've been gun shy about it. Um, so that's a plus, at least. And I think that probably is alluring to Daryl Moore as well, that he's going to basically have blank checks all the way around. Now, 
obviously a lot of that money's already been spent. He's going to have to work to to undo some of the the bad decisions that we've made, but I mean this is this is fantastic. Yeah, and I mean I I think the funniest joke uh that I saw was everybody should have known Daryl Morey was coming to the Sixers the moment he followed Sixers Adam on Twitter. Um but I mean this is a move that I think you look at it on paper, sensational move, but like you said, there is a massive cap situation that he's walking into that he's going to have to fix that I don't think he has ever really had to deal with before, especially at this, you know, great length that the Sixers have. Uh, we know his relationship with Chris Paul, having him with the Rockets. Does this increase the chances, in your opinion, of Chris Paul being here? Because I was talking about it today with our intern Harrison, and I said, you know, sure, it could increase the chances, but bringing in Chris Paul, yes, it's a more playable player with Embiid and Simmons, but it's even more money than what you were dealing with before for an even older player. Yeah, it's and it's it's a big risk as well. I think it's hard because Daryl Morey, like, especially in the last like four or five years, really pushed all his chips in with the Rockets. Um, and made some, you know, trades and decisions that I don't know he would have he wouldn't have made if he didn't truly believe. And they were right there, by the way. I, mm-hmm. I think people forget how totally. good that seventeen eighteen Rockets team was. They were, took one of the best Warriors teams I've seen uh, to seven games. Really, like you could make the case should have won that series, but it was just you know that's how it goes. But he built that roster right, and he was he was smart in that way. I mean, this is a guy that acquired James Harden in a trade. Um, he's drafted decently well. I think the bigger question mark is what kind of role does he actually have? Because Elton Brand is still there. His role is unchanged. Ned Cohn's role is is still what it was, and it's unchanged. Um, and even then, it's still it's always been a mystery as to how our front office exactly operates. So I'm curious to see what kind of decision-making power he actually gets. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, I would have to imagine that if he's coming here, he could have taken a job at you know, we, we were talking about Theo Epstein, right? Like, in, right. In coming to the Phillies, like Daryl Morey is, I think, in my mind, like an equivalent of that type of uh, stock. And I think any if he's available, every team in the league would be looking Clamoring. side-eyed at their GM, thinking, I, I think I'd rather have Daryl Morey, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I don't think he takes this job un- unless he had certain, um, you know, needs fulfilled by the organization and yeah i mean he wanted to work with doc rivers uh, he was interested in bringing him to houston i think that's it that's good that they already have like a a want to be together he's a cool dude as well mm-hmm. I, he like he i know he's super into esports too um definitely like a, a hashtag online type of guy like loves to tweet and um loves to be interactive which is cool so all the way around it's, open invite to Daryl Morey to come on the podcast. Absolutely. I mean, he just, you know, and he's also been like, I think a real vocal figure for like analytics. Like he's, mm-hmm. um, I know he played a pretty important role in like the Sloan analytics conference becoming like the thing that it is. Um, and you know, he's someone that speaks there every year that it's held. Um, so he's, you know, not just, you know, a great, like he's a good basketball mind and all this, but like, he's just a, a big figure kind of in the world of like sports analytics, which is really cool to have, involved the organization especially because we've seen i think very wrongly uh analytics blamed that's what's even stranger about this move is that the the like company line the past two three months has been blaming uh the sixers mistakes on analytics um so you turn around and hire the most analytics forward gm in the league like that's a bit strange um and it makes you wonder who's leaking those stories and, and and planning that 
um, when this is the decision that the, that the organization is making. But I, I can't be more excited about it, um, you know, in what it has for the future. I don't know what this team looks like in the next two years because it's still pretty disastrous mm-hmm. cap-wise. The talent is there-ish. I don't know that this is necessarily a championship-winning team. Um, but, I mean, this is the guy that I think you can trust the most and put the most faith in to get us to where we want to be. Um, again, he made the Rockets perennial contenders. Um, they were always winning under him. They did have like two or three down years, but that's to be expected because he was there for almost 15 years. You're never going to win, you know, every single season like that. Um, you know, they, they were always a team that was in and around the conversation, especially when they went out and acquired Harden. He's not afraid to make those moves to, to put teams to the next level when he really feels like he can commit. Um, he's drafted okay. Like he's, he's, he's had some steals. He's had some misses. Big Robert Covington guy. Yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, and again, if you liked Sam Hinkie, this yes. is, <laughs> they're cut from the same cloth, and I think that's what, again, makes me so excited as well, is that this this feels like, I mean, if this was a book, this feels like a, a kind of like a natural progression almost, you know, in like the story that you hire, like, you know, someone that's that's going to take revenge, mm-hmm. or, or at least <laughs> just kind of see out what was the beginning of the process mm-hmm. by Sam Hinkie. And I mean, I know it won't happen. Um, but lots of people like talking about what if this means Sam Hinkie comes back, and I mean that would be <laughs> unbelievable. But I, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Either way, though, I think this is this could be a day that we look back on and think like that's when it all turned around, and mm-hmm. it does feel like a turning point. But we can't forget that um, uh, <laughs> the roster's still not amazing, no, and that we're going to be paying like forty million dollars in luxury tax this <sighs> year for a team that didn't make it out of the first round. Um, so there's a lot of work to do. Um, and, uh, the ownership still sucks. We can't yes. forget that either. Just because they gave us a nice present doesn't mean they don't beat us at night. Like, they, right. like they're still, <laughs> they're still mentally abusive and terrible people. Don't forget that. Um, and this is what they should be doing. They should be making smart hires. They should be getting the best people in the room. They should be spending the money. Um, I mean, they're committed Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, what they've spent on Doc Rivers, what they spent on the assistant coaches now. I'm sure Daryl Morey is not cheap. He's not doing this pro bono. <laughs> like, this is um, – they're – clearly they see something, or at least they, they're willing to spend the money to get this team to win. So, that's – and that's all you can ask for from owners, honestly. Daryl Morey, also big Eagles fan, allegedly. Uh, February 4th, 2018. Everybody knows the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Uh, that was the Kickstarter to this whole podcast operation starting at 11.42 p.m. Tweeted the uh, It's Always Sunny guys in Eagles garb. Uh, and then also used Bryce Harper in a tweet to uh, get back at somebody about analytics. Ted Knudsen. Uh, Three-point shooting. CEO of StatsBomb, which is a really popular soccer analytics um, like company. So Big Bryce guy, too. Listen, perfect fit. If he wants to maybe do some like side work uh, across the street, <laughs> since, since they back, could like, definitely I use. Think you. They could use. Uh, they could use some, like some consultants. <laughs> if he knows anyone yeah. that, uh, I mean, that's what's cool too. Is like he's just a super well connected guy. Like, uh, it makes me very excited, yes. and I hate feeling excited because <laughs> I just know what's on the other side of that. But um, yeah, I mean, this is it's a it's a big move, and it's a real positive step, which is more than I expected from the Sixers this year. Also, big time agree with Derek Bodner just now tweeting, uh, I would like to thank the Sixers for dumping all this news on a Wednesday instead of a Friday. Very non-on-brand-esque there. 
uh, for the Sixers to actually put this out during the week. But uh, our newest member of the team, Richie Rivera, tweeted this to the Sixers today alone. Obviously hired Daryl Morey, Dan Burke, Sam Cassell, uh, bringing in Pete Dominguez, too, as a bench coach. The Clippers' former uh, video coordinator um, is coming along with Doc. So, I mean, today alone, four new hires across the board, and I think in pretty important positions as well, adding to what this team had already put into place with Yorger, Doc Rivers, and everything else. Yeah, this is... It, again, it just feels like sweeping change, and yes. um, that's that's what we were promised. I don't know why it took this long. Whatever, <laughs> if this is if this is what took so long, I don't know. You know, like fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the front office is still murky to me, mm-hmm. which is concerning. You know, as as positive as all this news is, the front office is still murky. We don't. His role is still like as as president. Like, what is. Day to day, what is his decisions? What is he doing? What is Elton Brand doing? What is Ned Cohen doing? How involved is Josh Harris? Like those are questions that I th- I still think aren't fully answered, and of course they're not going to be because the, you know this news is like four hours old. But you know there's still concerns there. But from the the, the coaching aspect, I mean you're hiring a lot of studs, <laughs> right? A lot of you know either just recently head coaches or assistant coaches that in the next two to four years are going to be head coaches mm-hmm. because they're they're that attractive. Like, again, like a lot of these guys were interviewing uh, this offseason for jobs, um, which is, uh, I think, a positive anytime you bring someone into the team because clearly they're they're on people's radars. They're wanted. Um, so that's, that's good to have. And, yeah, I mean, like, if you can just get more talent and more, more uh, IQ around this team and, and better coaching – then I, I think you know you you we've seen that be a drastic shift in in bad rosters or rosters that weren't fully achieving. I mean this team has talent. You know I think we we've, we've all gotten frustrated at it, but I mean Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons alone are, are you know the one of the most talented duos you'll find in the league. Um, Tobias is not the worst third piece in the world. Yes. The contract's terrible, but um, and you can make do with it. I mean. Uh, Horford sucks, but like he's not like the worst player in the league either. You know, like it's we we all Tobias is more playable with the pieces you want to build around. Yeah, you know, we all want to denigrate these guys because again, mostly of the contracts, but they're not like the worst players that have ever even been in the Sixers uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, like even in the last three four years, so um, they're they're workable guys, and and you just have to trust now that um, Daryl Morey and and the coaching staff are are have a plan. Um, and again, Daryl Morey like. The dude, like, left the Rockets. He chose to come here, and I'm also excited the fact that like the Sixers, from everything we know, were like immediately on him. In the same way with Doc Rivers, like as soon as Doc Rivers was available, that was their guy. They mm-hmm. went out and got him. Daryl Morey, the same thing. You know, as soon as he was available to them, they were already in contacts, already in talk. That's positive. You know, anytime your team is willing to make just snap decisions like that and be like, "This is our guy. We're gonna go get him." That's what every fan wants out of their 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 organization is to go out and get good guys and i'm not as high on doc rivers as i am on someone like daryl morey but um you have to trust that again daryl came here for a reason certainly i'm sure promises were made about what control he he gets um and he's he's the person i'd be deferring to yeah absolutely and uh keith pompey with his new animoji twitter abby uh, tweeted that Sixers coach Doc Rivers is retaining John Bryant and Eric Hughes for his assistant coaching staff, according to sources. So we'll see if 
that actually holds up because Keith Pompey got cucked with this whole Daryl Morey thing early on, you know, talking to, you know, his sources. and Well, that's what's interesting is that a lot of his articles had the bits about uh, the Sixers blaming so much of their mm-hmm. stuff on analytics. We don't know who his source is. We probably never will. Although with this team, who knows? I'm sure there's a burner out there that'll yeah. tell us explicitly. Um, but again, you know, it's very strange that that was like the line being parroted, and you go and hire Daryl Morey, <laughs> like <laughs> perennial speaker King at the of Sloan analytics. analytics Conference. Like it's just, it's, it's shocking, and I think just goes to show that there is, um, I don't want to say something sinister going on with the front office, but the, I, I think there was some toxicity there, mm-hmm. and the leaks were never good. And I'm glad that hopefully this this signals clearing some of that up, and we have a more positive atmosphere around the team. Because I mean, all that stuff trickles down too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this feels like feels like you hit the restart button, and um, in in some ways at least. Obviously, there's still lots of work to be done, but it does like every year they do this to us. Where like <laughs> something happens in the off season, we all buy our way into feeling yep. good about it. Um, so we'll see how this disaster ends, but. It's like the Final Destination movies. It's like, you know, I'm just here to see, like, the roller coaster blow yes. up. Yeah, like, that's it. Uh, and then Sixers Adam uh, tweeted today, King of the Burners. Uh, two of many tweets of this archetype from Brian Colangelo's burner accounts, and now his staffers are getting replaced by Daryl Morey. One of the tweets from March 30th, 2018, replying to Daryl Morey and FedEx saying, uh, just attracting attention, I am sure a company like the Rockets have direct relationships with FedEx or UPS without this shenanigans. Maury is my enemy number one. Whatever he does irritates me. And tweet number two from March 3rd, 2018. This was from the still balling uh, burner accounts, by the way, both of these. Uh, and it is all thanks to Dan Tony. And thanks to the Rockets owner who forced Maury to hire him. Maury did not want him. Can you believe it? And they think he is a genius. And now Daryl Maury is replacing those guys. It's it's just crazy to me that he uh that he's here. Because it's just it's such a signal change from the way this this team is trending. Um so I'm, I'm hype. I'm very this is the most excited I've been about the Sixers in a in a while. And it's not necessarily for like this season and, and even like you know, two, three years. Like the fact that he signed a five year deal, like, you know, he was he was with the Rockets for almost fifteen years, like in what he was able to get that team to to do was r- amazing. <laughs> you know, and and the moves he made and the teams that he built there were very good. That's the kind of like future you want for this team. You want someone that's perennially perennially successful and that's going to have the backing of the organization and, and I think that's that's what we have here now with Daryl and that's I love it. I love this move in every single way possible. I just yeah. wish that this had been last summer and um, he had come in before we we made all the decisions we did because then, you know, how different the landscape would be. But it is what it is. This is what we have to deal with now. Um, you know, last week we were talking about, like, we're just going to have to suck it up and, and yep. watch this team still. <laughs> but, like, now you have at least have, like, now there's the, a glimmer. Hope, the hope of future and that there could be something different. And it's certainly going to reignite trade talks now. It's certainly going to be interesting for the draft because we have like three weeks until the yeah, NBA draft. November 15th. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what rumors pick up, you know, both in who we're, who we're looking at and also who we might be trading. Um, 
yeah, I mean, this is just <laughs> it's unbelievable. And then uh, it was also announced this week for the 2020-2021 NBA season. 72-game schedule. Supposed to start around Christmas, which I think is how the NBA should always start. Because that seems like when the season, you know, ramps up. Those Christmas games are like, boom, first big, like, showdowns of the season. I like it. It's expected to be finished um, before the Olympics, I believe they said. Um and then I saw something today that Kyle Newbeck uh, quote tweeted that was pretty interesting um, about how they're going to try to, you know, piece things together. It was from Kevin O'Connor. Uh, sources, the NBA held a call this afternoon, being on Wednesday, uh, with team GMs and presidents to detail the plan for a 72-game season set to begin December 22nd and end before the Olympics in July. The league intends to schedule games in a way that reduces travel by 25% with teams playing MLB-style series. Which I, I love, and that's I think that's one of those changes that will last um, so much of like the last decade around sports has been like um, like quality of life improvements. You mm -hmm. know, like um, you're less back-to-back, shorter preseasons, uh, you know, like spacing games out a little bit more. There's been so much talk about you know, either reducing the amount of games or, or just stretching the season out by a few weeks, um, having everything like more localized and, and less travel, less time in the air, like better sleep is all things that I think are going to be better for the players and increase the product too. You know, like when the players are more well rested and are playing better then obviously people are going to be better entertained. Um, so that's, that's something that I'm looking forward to, um, that, that I think is very likely to stick. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they fit this in because even December twenty second seems soon. Mm -hmm. I that just seems very difficult. But it's it's definitely going to be a reduced game schedule. There's there's just no yeah. way you fit eighty two games with the way the season's looking and knowing that you have the Olympics to kind of uh, factor in as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a lot of teams. I mean, if you think about it though, like what half the league hasn't even played a game since March because that's they, the thing the, the too, playoff teams like, didn't even the non-playoff teams didn't go to the bubble. Um, and even then a lot of those bubble teams were gone. Yeah. Like outside then. of the Lakers and the heat who just finished what this month early this month. Yeah. Uh, teams have been done and they also had time off prior to the bubble if they were a playoff team. So factor that in there too. That was kind of like their off season in a sense. So, I mean, while it does seem soon, it also like in terms of just playing wise and, and time wise, it kind of, you know, you just had your off season in the middle of the season rather than when it normally would happen. Yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be an adjustment. Um, but I, I just I think December twenty second is, is quick to, to get back. I, I would be shocked though if by like second week of January we're not back to the NBA season. I mm -hmm. think that's probably the more like realistic target, but any <laughs> Any point that we get to where we can have it back is, is going to be good because, you know, the way things are trending right now, not amazing. <laughs> um, but hopefully, you know, basketball is, is able to come back. Um, but, I mean, you know, they'll also have, you know, the NHL to look at and see what their uh, potential plan is. I haven't really heard much about what hockey's yeah. planning to do for, for coming back and returning. Um, so, yeah, you know, both of those sports are going to have to, I think, uh, maybe put a brain trust together and figure out how they're going to make this work. But I love the idea of playing – you know, like series style, series basketball. style basketball, like within like your division or just within like your coast and just doing localized like that just mm -hmm. makes so much sense. I, you know, like that I think and I think that's definitely something you'll see 
stick for the future, and I think it's it's a good change. No, uh, no trips to Utah or Denver sound fantastic for this team. So, by the way, uh, this story uh, came out yesterday about the Knicks are open to using their 2020 yes. cap space to trade for an undesirable contract. <laughs> Boy, do we have an offer for you, New York. Uh, buy two, get one free. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to that proposition obviously and you look at the two contracts that are obviously on the table with the Sixers that are you know big quote-unquote bad contracts what do you get back from the Knicks that is even usable at this point because that roster in and of itself is pretty bad um I think almost at this point it's not about what you get back it's about what you get rid of I think the contracts are that bad and I think the cap space situation is that bad that realistic like if you don't have to pay to get rid of al horford or tobias harris that's probably a win mm-hmm. you think to like the markel faults trade right like i know yeah you know it's it's a it's a situation where like just getting anything back for him and not having to overpay to get rid of him was seen as a plus simply because he was going to cost the team 10 million that summer which is not really a number we were willing to digest even though we spent <laughs> a third of that on al horford um you know and, and we were going to have to get rid of him regardless, pretty much. He wasn't working out here. Um, it was time to move on, I think, for both parties. So you only got, like, Jonathan Simmons back, and you packaged Markel Fultz with a second, I believe. Did get the uh, the OKC pick. Right. That ended up conveying. Um, so, yeah, like, you didn't, you know, like... But that okay. was also a crapshoot. You didn't know if that was going to hit. and Right. Like, so at the end of the day, like, it's more about just the fact of getting off of bad value is, is good value. <laughs> And, you know, there, there's a limit to what you can get away with. There's not a lot on that team. You know, you'd obviously probably have to make some contracts match mm-hmm. um, depending on who's going what way. Um, but there's not, like, a lot Former on Former Sixer team. Alfred Payton? No, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's interesting, too, now is, you know, it's going to have to be within the lens of what Maury wants. And right. that's, um, that's going to add another layer to this. So, yeah, I think, you know, again, if you can just get rid of – one or both of these of these bad contracts, um, that would be great. I mean, Tobias going home, send him to New York. You know what sucks though is like I've really I love to love Tobias as like a person, and, and I, I feel like he's the the glue guy in the locker room yeah. too. And I would I would hate for him to have to like suffer in 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 Nick's purgatory, Ugh. but um, if it's for the good of the tribe, <laughs> it must be done. <laughs> we'll just send Terry there instead. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I did see that, and it, it was interesting to me, and it, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, what what do they get back to kind of match some sort of, you know, piece of that contract? And now with Maury in the fold, who knows? You know, maybe we'll just send Horford to Houston and get James Harden. <laughs> yeah. well, Because everybody those, is galaxy brain meaning. Those stories are not going to stop anytime soon. No. Um, the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. They get a much-needed win through all the pain and and horrendousness that was that Thursday night football game. Uh, But it is Dallas week now, so we we look ahead. And on paper, I'd say about three weeks ago, this Dallas game looked pretty bleak. Didn't look like we had any chance. It was one of our penciled losses. Yes, Dak Prescott was rolling. They have all these weapons. You know, we we took into account that their defense was bad, but their defense is bad, bad. 
almost historic bad. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so bad that the Tabasco sauce that got in Mike Nolan's eye the other day was the most heat their defense has seen all year. That was the first person they've stopped all season. <laughs> um, they, they have leaked stories that the coaching staff has no idea what they're doing. They don't believe in the coaching staff type stuff. Uh, Andy Dalton gets a concussion against the Washington football team. He is out this week being in concussion protocol. Um, Tony Pajamas, I think, is their yeah. starting quarterback now. <laughs> ben DiNucci. Uh, and their offensive line is banged up. Their defense still has even more injuries. And this game is is looking kind of nice for the Eagles now, going into it Sunday night football and then heading into a bye week. And, I mean, they're also making uh, a lot of, like, personnel changes. Like, they're they're trading guys. They're telling guys, well, if we can't find a trade for you, we're just going to cut you. So. Yep, Everson Griffin gone. Yep. He's with the Lions. Like, they're they're making some moves that uh, I think are just um, – Waving the white flag, Jerry. Yeah, pr- I mean, pretty much – like, we were talking about – the Eagles being dead in the water. Uh, the Cowboys are like the poster child for a team that's ready to implode. Um, they are one Falcons special teams blunder away from being a one-win football team, which is amazing. You know, when you like really think about it, like a lot of those wins. Well, really, that one win because <laughs> it's not like they had very many, um, and they only beat the Giants by three. I yeah. mean, sure, the Eagles only won, but they their Atlanta win was a miracle. Like, yeah. even outside of the special teams play, like, what they did leading up to that mm-hmm. was just... You're, and you even the Giants game, often. Andy Dalton had to come back and get the ball yeah. down the field. and Yeah, they, they've not looked impressive at all. And now with Danucci and, like, I don't know what you expect anything to happen. Um, this, But does, doesn't this just feel like a trap game? Doesn't this just feel like yeah, a game where it's like... especially since it's Sunday night. Everything and... should go right, and it just doesn't. But I think Ugh. you have to put a lot of faith in this team and that, you know... There, there's still like some talent there <laughs> and if i mean if you can't beat the cowboys in their current state when the washington football team just absolutely dog walked them last week like i i don't know how you recover from that um i mean you know we we talked about this some time ago but now you look at the schedule you've got the cowboys this week obviously a huge game then the bye then you have the giants Browns, seahawks packers saints cardinals like you know, you're looking at this year best opportunity for a win outside of the Giants and and on paper in for the next was, like two months. I was looking at the Eagles have the I think they said the eighth or ninth easiest schedule remaining on paper now, which I think is just weighted down by the divisional games we have left. Mm-hmm. All anything and that Cleveland now yeah. that Odell is out and I, but they looked good. Yeah, well, as soon as Odell left, like <laughs> it was like a switch one on Baker Mayfield's brain. Like the the Browns are weird in that like. They could put 40 on you any given week, mm-hmm. and the Eagles, I don't think, last in a shootout. I, I think they're they're a great garbage time team, um, but this is not a team that I think – what's the highest we've even scored this year? Uh, 29. Not particularly. Against impressive. the Steelers. Not in, not not something you uh, – Which, you I mean, love. against that defense. Right. Great. Definitely, definitely better. Should than have most. won that game, but, but not um not particularly inspiring. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is just weighed down by the divisional games mm-hmm. we have left. If you look at any game we play out of our division, I mean, you look at the Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals. I don't know how you really convince yourself that there's like I'm See, sure we'll win one of those games because it's football, mm-hmm. things like that happen. But like just looking at it, I wouldn't feel confident saying any of those are wins. I I'm not in on the Saints as much as some people are. Yeah, the Saints aren't. 
great. Especially um, since we're home and it's in December. Could see you could definitely see something happening. You know, there, the whole but... Michael Thomas situation they have going on, punching teammates and Drew Brees' arm doesn't look like it used to. I'm just not particularly looking forward to running through uh, the three MVP candidates in a month. <laughs> you know, having to having to have Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler Murray in you know yeah. in quick succession. Like that's going to be pretty brutal. But I think the ultimately, nice thing, if you just win the divisional games, yes, takes, you're in. It takes care of itself. I think the nice part about this team right now is they're going into the bye, but they're also getting healthy right now. Dallas Goddard was practicing in pads today. Jalen Rager was practicing in pads today and taking punt returns. Um, Jason Peters is back. What's what's the story on Miles Sanders? Is there any news? Miles on- Sanders more than likely probably going to miss this game, which I'm fine with because um, then that gives you the bye week for him to get yeah. fully healthy for like this gauntlet of games after the bye. Um, and, I mean, Boston Scott looked terrible running the ball, but he did the damn thing against the Giants in the passing game, caught the game-winning touchdown, giant killer Boston Scott. Um, they're getting big pieces back, and I think that's going to help Carson in a big way. I don't like that Jason Peters is practicing at left tackle um, because Jordan Mylott has played so well over the past couple of weeks since Peters has been out. Uh, but today, live practice, Jason Peters was at left tackle, and Jordan Mylotta was at right tackle, which is, you know, the the whole Lane Johnson situation, carve it up however you want. I didn't think Lane should have been playing in that Thursday night game. I mean, Kudos. We, t- we talked about that the night before, and yeah. I, um, I looked up at the screen and saw him walking off. I was like, great. <laughs> and now it's exactly a new injury, which about. is like, you know, was he compensating for the ankle injury that now has led to the MCL injury with his knee? Um, he should have never played. Lane should not have been playing until after the bye week, in my opinion. But that's where we're at right now. Um, Is it crazy to say that January 3rd against the Washington football team could be for the division? Not because at all. I'm looking at their schedule. They have the Giants. They're on a bye now. They have the Giants, Lions, Bengals, Cowboys. These are all those are all winnable games. Yes. Every single one of them. Um December gets a little difficult for them like us. Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers, and then the Eagles January third. Like, we could very well yeah. be same record. <laughs> it could be the tie so, that somehow puts us over the edge. But they already had the tiebreaker over us too, by the way. They've already beaten yes. us, you know, obviously opening day, so that's that's rough. <laughs> you could genuinely have like a play in game. For, like, both teams' fifth win of the season to yeah. win the division. Because, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what a stupid division. I'll, I'll give them two wins here. You know, I think they'll lose to one of the Jungle Cat teams. Yeah. Either the Lions or the Bengals. Uh, they'll beat the Giants. So they'll split with them there. Cowboys on Thanksgiving is always a wild card. They could end up winning it, especially if Dalton is somehow still out. But even then, Andy Dalton hasn't looked great. Uh, Steelers, 49ers, Seattle should all be losses. Panthers should be a loss in my book. Um, But it is the Ron Rivera revenge game, so you never know there. Yeah, I mean... How many people had that in the back of their mind? Like, that's going to be the game. But, I mean, that's happened so often with this division, doesn't it? That, like, it, and it so often seems that it's, like, the last game of the season is, like, the decider for the division, decider for the playoffs. Um, so I would not be shocked if uh, that January game in Philly 
is with potentially fans at that point. You know, we yeah uh, could be for the division. And <laughs> uh, you know, the Eagles are on top of the division right now, two four and one. That tie coming into play. Uh, this is the latest in a season that a division leader has been atop of the division with only two wins. Well, it's it's gonna roll on that way. I think. Uh, well, maybe not with two wins, but it's. It's going to break a lot of records for, like, worst record to win it. Like, this – even if the Eagles go, like, on a, on a very good run, they're still going to be a very bad team. Like, yes. a very bad, like, by playoff standards team. Um, it's impressive. You look at the NFC East. This is a division that could finish with – that more than likely is going to finish with every single team under 500, and the NFC West is going to finish with every single team over 500. A, 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 all intents and purposes could happen. Right now, that's the situation. 49ers are in the basement at 4-3. I, I can't wait to hear everyone cry about how this means we need to uh, rearrange the playoff it's already structure. Happening. And, oh, my God, how it's disgusting the worst. it is. It's like, all right, well, you know what? <laughs> NFC East teams just account for, Maybe like... Maybe take care of your own division yeah. and do your job. I, NFC but, East teams also account for, like, what? Like, a third of the Super Bowls won in the last 15 <laughs> years, so, like... Maybe suck it up. Maybe stop letting the Patriots win every year. Yeah, and, and I mean, every single team in the NFC East has a Super Bowl, and that's the only division in football that has that situation. But how funny is it, one, going to be that the winner of the NFC East is going to more than likely host an NFC West team in the playoffs? And two, I am fully anticipating and waiting for the Eagles to be hosting a playoff game in January, and the Chicago Bears are in town. It's Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, and the city is going to burn to the ground. Uh, because of the football game or because of something different? <laughs> um, probably both. Yeah. Um, I it, This has just been one of the most entertaining seasons ever. Uh, it's been terrible for pretty much all of it, but um, the fact that you're sitting at 2-4-1 and one and your season isn't lost is unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it all comes down to divisional games now, and it starts this week against the Cowboys, but you beat... Everyone that's in your division, it doesn't matter what happens in the rest of the mm -hmm. games at this point, pretty much. So, um, we'll see what the Eagles end up doing. A it's negative 33-point differential. <laughs> Absolutely stupid, this division. This division. Oh, my God. The NFC East. Um, but it is Cowboys week. Sunday Night Football. Can't wait for everybody to be complaining on Twitter, too, that we have to watch the NFC East in prime time again. See, everyone says that, but what, like 15 million viewers for last Thursday? Yeah, like, and turns out like two huge metropolitan areas. Hate draw it, lots of, uh, hate it all you want, to. too. No matter how good or bad they are, the Cowboys draw ratings. Yeah. You I know, mean, they're, they're called a, America's team for a reason. We hate it, but like. They're a brand yeah. more than the team. Like people watch for the brand that is the Dallas Cowboys. Then. They do for the actual playing on the field. Think of all the Brian DiNucci fans that are going to be tuned in. Exactly. I mean. Tony Pajamas, man. Uh, we are definitely tweeting that from the Twitter during the game. Um, but, I mean, you know, the other thing is, too, the NFL, outside of COVID-related situations like they did this week with the Raiders because they didn't think the Raiders would have an offensive line, uh, you can't flex games out of and into primetime until week 10. So it, even if this was a normal year and these teams stunk the way that they do, you wouldn't be able to flex them out of this position because it's only week eight. Kind of a raw deal for the Raiders this weekend too, by the way, that like they still had to play Sunday despite like uh, the fact that their entire O line couldn't Didn't practice. practice. Like I get like they all technically tested negative so they can play, but 
We've seen like so many other teams afforded all this extra time and yeah. like have their games move. Like, what was the harm in just making another Monday doubleheader? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, like it's it's not like that wasn't like a fun matchup either. That would have wouldn't have drawn mm-hmm. like Tampa Bay Las Vegas. Like, it's an interesting Super Bowl matchup. rematch. Gruden yeah. involved again. Yeah, like that's all they talked about the entire game. Anyway. It was like the first time a coach is coaching against a team that he won a Super Bowl that he beat the other team. It's like all right, cool. Like, kind of sucks that <laughs> you know. Like, Things kind of out of well, we'll see how much was actually out of their control with yeah. their COVID situation, uh, depending on if they're following protocol. But it, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way that they still had to play when like the Titans have been afforded so much rope and the Patriots got their games mm-hmm. moved all the time. The Chiefs and Bills got their games moved. I mean, the Bills had their entire tight end uh, staff besides yeah. uh, Tyler Croft, Croft. Uh, because dad only, of the year only because his wife was uh, <laughs> <laughs> was having their child. Um, it's just unbelievable that. There's so much like, there's such a lack of standard when it comes to like all the the COVID handling so far by the NFL, where it's like some teams are afforded so much more rope and leeway, and mm-hmm. other ones it's like, well, suck it up, you're gonna have to play without all your tight ends this week. Yep. Or, sorry, your offensive line couldn't practice for five days, but you have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anyway. Like it just seems, it seems competitively like unfair. Like I I don't know totally what, what you start talking about like the nature of that and how just. If I was a fan of, say, the Raiders, I'd be upset about mm-hmm. that. Uh, NFL trade deadline is uh, quickly approaching, which, oddly enough, is on one of the most important days of the year, on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> the, How much uh, disappointment can you fit into one day? <laughs> the uh, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, because it's totally not happening. But as I was brushing my teeth this morning... Thinking about the article that came across with the, the New England Patriots allegedly shopping Stefan Gillylock Gilmore. And I couldn't help myself but think of a secondary that the top two corners were Stefan Gilmore and Darius Slay. I just I, I I got giddy about it for a little bit and I was like, this isn't happening, but man, would that be fun. I I love it, but um Seems like one of those things that's more of a dream. Totally, because it's totally have, like a Madden trade. What you have to give up to get in, definitely not happen. I mean, if yeah. this team balked at you know Jalen Ramsey's price last year, no chance. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah especially it, with the contract that Gilmore has, um, I don't even think the Patriots are going to be able to trade him. And and you think too of how many times guys like Gilmore He's have been 30. traded and they just kind of fall off a cliff. Like I think Eagles fans especially shouldn't have to be reminded of what it's like to sign like uh, whether it's in free agency or for trade like. You know, like, I don't know, maybe going to end up with a Namdi Asma, right? Who's just absolutely awful. Like, Big time actor, yeah. director Namdi Asma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just these guys have a habit, I think, of falling off a cliff. He is amazing. Like, yeah. you know, he's just a reigning defensive player of the year. Like, he's fantastic. But um, so often with these guys, the value just isn't there, especially long term. So, yeah. And I mean, Patriots only his second team, uh, former Buffalo Bill. He's 30. He'll be 31 by the time next season starts as well. Um, but just thinking about how damn good him and Darius Slay would be together is silly. I do think, though, that the Eagles should trade for uh, Jordan Howard. That's just my th- opinion. He's been a healthy scratch, healthy and active for the Dolphins for the past three weeks, I think. Not really doing much, especially with the, the running back play that they have going on right now. So, I mean, why not bring back a guy that knows the offense, you know, can come right in especially with you know having to do covid protocols and everything it's not going to take a lot for him to get up to speed 
and he's a much better secondary running back option, I think, than Boston Scott, who I think should be your Darren Sproles in this offense. Yeah, it's definitely not a bad idea. You know, I think those are the types of moves you should be expecting for the trade deadline, not, you know, I think Allen Robinson is joining this team. I don't think we're trading for Julio. Like, yeah, <laughs> some people I think have this idea that the, there's these huge. I mean, huge trades like that are very rarely made in the NFL to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, teams aren't necessarily going to be blowing it up. I say that now, and we're going to totally go trade yeah. for Julio Jones, of course. But um, yeah, I expect something more. If anything, it's more going to be along the margins. It's not going to be yeah. anything um, really special. I'll put it out there: Jordan Howard, Carry on Johnson, are two guys that Eagles fans should be looking at. Yeah. That's like the type of player that is going to get traded. Like I know Ian Rappaport was on the Pat McAfee show this week. He said the type of player he expects to get traded wide receiver wise um, is like a Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. Very good player. Texans are not that good of a team. He could go to a team and, and help a wide receiver. Well, apparently Will Fuller is also saw like, that. Picking up some, I mean that you talk about like, that's a game changer. Him and Deshaun Jackson on like alternate sides. Oh my like, gosh! For the, that like With two Rager. quarters that they would get to play together would be amazing. Um, yeah, I did see. Uh, allegedly, there's nothing close to being done, but the Green Bay Packers were looking at Will Fuller, and we'll get to see the Green Bay Packers later this season. God so. bless them. Um, yeah, Eagles Cowboys this Sunday should be fun. It's always a, a fun game, and hopefully the Eagles come away with a win and knock the Cowboys down a peg, uh, even more. But Team that's uh, playoff bound and currently the number one seed, the Philadelphia Union, are just straight ballers playing Chicago tonight. Uh, this team they couldn't keep up with the amount of goals they were scoring the other night. Yeah, absolute demolition crew against Toronto. We talked about that game and that was our opportunity to potentially leapfrog at first. I was kind of said it with like bated breath, like ah, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, was not expecting five nothing. I think that was I think it's the Union's largest margin of victory and Toronto's largest margin of defeat um, in like both their histories, which is really impressive. Um, to be able to do that to another top team is something special, and uh, this team is is brewing something nice. I think for everyone who's who's watching and um, going to be paying attention to this playoff run, and yeah, to to be at, at the very top now is is pretty impressive. They have an opportunity as well to. Um, I don't, I don't quite remember if they have to win out the rest of the season and they could end with one of the better points per game, um, like stats for like, a, like in, in like the upper echelon of MLS history. So to be able to kind of put your mark that way would be really impressive. But what matters more now is how they play in the playoffs. We've already seen going all the way back to July, August in the MLS's back tournament, this team can play uh, knockout games very effectively and, and can win them. Um, and I think this is a better iteration of that team now i think they've developed in the last few months um just playing really really well and i'm very much looking forward to see how they get on the playoffs um we're not gonna know for a while still like who they're playing right um and, and kind of the matchups and everything but you go in as the top seed and, and give yourself that advantage that's going to be huge yeah absolutely this team is an absolute joy to watch um they're balling out and like we've been saying for probably the past month now, you need to be paying attention to this team because they're making noise. This is a team that can do a lot in the playoffs uh, with this opportunity now. Now they're the number one seed, and uh, they just they just keep doing incredible things. I have grown a giant affinity for my boy Mark McKenzie. He is 
slowly becoming. Don't love him too hard because uh, that's another one that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but it, either way, I will love. He he's just he's so damn good. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's uh, scored what two weeks ago like that absolutely beautiful goal yes. in that draw. Like he's yeah he's another extremely extremely talented player. Um, that's just a joy to watch with this team and uh, the goals are coming from everywhere. You know, this is this is a team that you want to be paying a lot of attention to. It's kind of a dead period now, too, especially with sports. You only have the NFL to, to think about. Um, you know, this is a team that you should be giving a lot of your attention to because they're tons of fun. They're going to absolutely go in and win something this year, which is going to be um, really, really exciting, hopefully. So, um, yeah. And, I mean, some of you know, some of these guys aren't going to be back next year. We already know some of them aren't going to be, you know, whether they're, they're leaving as free agents or, or if they've been sold. So, um, it's kind of your last chance to see like this version of, of a really good union team. So hopefully, uh, hopefully people, people watch and enjoy it. Yeah. Shout out the leader of the brick squad, Andre Blake. Absolutely. Uh, world series come and gone. And, uh, Justin Turner is an absolute stooge. Um, but the Dodgers win the world series in six games. So that is, it is now, uh, Eric Neander season and all of November will be uh, Neander November until he's hired. Yeah, all the positive whirlwind about the Sixers just kind of made me forget about what a disappointment the Phillies yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, they were almost in the same echelon, and then Daryl Morey was like, hey, guys, I'm here I'm to here. save the day. <laughs> um, yeah, i not particularly thrilled about the Dodgers winning just because I've always kind of I've always liked beating them. I've always like kind of rubbing their like noses in the dirt a little bit. Um because they've spent so much money and never won it, but now, whatever. I mean, anyone was better than the Astros or mm-hmm. the Braves this year, like. So I guess I guess it's fine. Um, and it gives Neander a reason to be like, all right, what can I go and do and yeah. win with a bigger payroll? Yeah. So, give him the blank check, make it happen, and uh, all will be right in the world for the most part until all these teams start winning championships. Absolutely. Uh. It is also a uh, 2008 World Series clinching pause break day. I made a huge mistake in watching some uh, some highlights. Uh, Every time I do it, I feel so sad. Forgot of, what amazing like series those were. I mean, so just, good. How much shout out to the Rays. To just can't get it done in October. No, they can't. At least they took it to six games this time. Yes, did good get for it to them. six. I mean, last time they got it to like. Technically six days of playing, but uh You know what's kinda of funny is like it was it was game five, right, with like the crazy ending with Yeah. Um they kind of mirrored I didn't think about it at the time, but I was like rewatching the highlights. It really mirrored I forget which game it was in that World Series where the Phillies won at home on like a very similar type of play. Um God, I can't even remember. I just watched it. Um but like it ended like with like uh, a Phillies player like getting home off an error and like I remember Forget who was the ki- the pitcher and catcher at the time, like consoling each other because they both like <laughs> just screwed up on an infield ball. Um, so it's kind of funny that mm-hmm. like those things uh, came back together to haunt them. But I think it was Game Three. Well, I think I believe it was as well because um, that was where it, that's when the series really turned. Yeah, I, I can vaguely remember. So like, I think the Rays won Game Two. Yeah, and it felt like a oh, crap. Like yeah, you know. But that's that's where I think the momentum really shifted in that series. But. Yeah, it was like a lot of fun going back and revisiting. Like that Milwaukee series was like unbelievable, and um, watching us smash the Dodgers again. Like the Matt Stairs call was like, I don't care. I don't care what anyone says about it. I know some people call it overblown and overrated. It's so good. it's one of my favorite sports calls ever because it's like 
It has everything. It has just random hero guy that just steps yep. in in a huge Big moment. Big old Canadian moose. Just absolutely. Like, and he was just so ice cold about it. Like, not even a guy that, like, you saw the Rays players, like, celebrating the yeah. end of Game 5. Like, they just won the series. Like, here's Matt Stairs. Huge shot. Just absolutely huge moment. And just, he's, like, he's just running home because he forgot his wallet. Like, he yep. just, like, couldn't care less of the, the moment that he's in. Um, yeah, and it's just... God, there's so many like memorable moments out of that. Um, all of like Victorino's like clutch, uh, you know, shots too that I think get forgotten a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just man. People forget Cole Hamill's dealt in yeah. that game five. He was he was unbelievable by the whole playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think again that's another guy that kind of gets lost in the shelf a little bit because I think everyone mixes in kind of the later stages of those yes. teams with that team where it's like Cole was really the guy on that yeah. team. Like you know. It, like you didn't have that was Hollywood Hamels. Yeah, like you didn't have like all the even have what would they call them like the, the something four aces. four aces and Joe um, Blanton. Yeah, and Joe Bl- who on his on his own game was four also hero. Good. Yeah, hit a homer like it's just last pitcher in World Series history that will ever hit a home run. It's just um yeah pretty much right yeah um it's just unbelievable you know it, it, and it feels like every year it gets further away. And, yep. Like, Oh God, it sucks, and I just twelve miss it years so much. ago. I, you know, what sucks too is like watching it, especially with like the fan reactions, because we've been so starved of yeah. like genuine, not pumped in crowd the rally towels. Like even now, when they have the fan, I would actually prefer the stadiums were empty. I know obviously the teams don't because they want the money, but um, it's actually like more disappointing to like tune in and see like five thousand mm-hmm. people, and like it it looks so spread out, which is good, but it's like. It's honestly more depressing to me than like when they just have the empty or then they just zoom in on the field or Mm -hmm. like they have like the banners across the seats because it's like, damn, like I will say the Eagles did a good job with the with the cardboard cutouts and where they're at, because when they do go to the wide angle and there are fans in the stands now, but with the cardboard cutouts and the fans, it does look more full than like with those banners or just, you know, crossed off seats and stuff, eh, you know, obviously like so much of our world has changed <laughs> and a, a lot of it for the bad. Um, so it feels like weird to like complain about sport, but like it is tough watching sports without like crowds being there and not knowing that you can't go there yourself mm-hmm. either. Like just, it just sucks. You know, it's just, I hope we get to a place in the next year <laughs> where we can go back to games and like, um, you know, have that as part of the experience again. Cause that, that's just such a huge just a huge part of, of sports and why we love them is, is going there and experiencing it. Or at least when you watch on the TV, being able to like hear like the roar of a, of a, of a crowd is a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And uh, since it is spooky season, our final segment for tonight's show, uh, we're just going to do some weird news hits. Uh, did you see the story about the uh, frozen Russian worms? Frozen Russian worms. No, um, not familiar. So, allegedly, Russian worms frozen for nearly 42,000 years were defrosted, and they moved after a while. (laughs) This seems like a mistake. Uh, Pretty wild stuff. There's a random movie made in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s called Evolution uh, with the guy from X-Files, it's David Duchovny, um, which starts similar to this, where these, like, alien flatworms fall in the desert and people find them and they start evolving into other life forms and like killing people. Um, so I can't help but feel that this is a giant mistake. Yeah. Uh, Russian scientists defrosted several prehistoric worms and two woke up after thawing. The two worms began to move and eat 
One is 32,000 years old, and the other is 41,700 years old. That's, this seems like a mistake. This yeah. seems even more terrifying than, like, the murder hornets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this... I feel like you, like, you don't mess with something that's, like, over 10,000 years. Like, at that point, like, it's like, you know, it, it died for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And maybe we should just leave it in the past. It's like when they used to try and reanimate woolly mammoths. It's like, well, do we, like, want woolly mammoths back? Like, <laughs> not sure that we want that. Because like, I saw Jurassic Park, and it was a noble effort, but, like, a lot of people died. Yes. Uh, the thing I heard today that just like it's total conspiracy theory but it's like one of those fun disney conspiracies that you oh, can kind of like, play with it's not like, not like a, one of the scary ones that real people believe in right <laughs> uh but it is kind of wild uh so they said that uh there's a conspiracy that frozen was titled that so that when you type in on google disney frozen it eliminated any stories about walt disney being cryogenically uh. frozen and it just brings up things about Elsa and the Ice Queen. Maybe. I pretty who's, wild. Who's to put it past them. Um yeah. I is he like is that like actually a rumor or is that like just a I don't know. A real thing. Him I mean, and, him like and Ted Williams money. just hanging out. Union just scored. There we go. Him and Ted Williams. <laughs> yeah. Now that they they one unfroze the these Nazis, worms. one uh one was maybe a little too <laughs> familiar and friendly with one so. Now that they unfroze these worms are they going to unfreeze these cryogenically frozen humans not sure we should be unfreezing white dudes from the 40s and 50s <laughs> not sure that, that we need more of that rhetoric exactly. hey i mean the red sox might need all the help they can get now that yeah. they saw mookie do what he did um but yeah uh with it being almost halloween we always do a, a halloween candy segment around this time but uh did see an interesting um one gotta go type thing and i know you and I both enjoy, pretty sure, all of these candies. Um, so it was candy corn. You and I both big candy corn, corn guys. Um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Kit Kats. Oh, this is so easy. And Skittles. Skittles. Absolutely. Skittles are so gone out of my life. <laughs> Skittles are not good. I, like, I... I gotta be in the mood for a Skittle. They're just not good. Candy corn, I get that it's very polarizing. I totally understand it. I'm not one of those people who's like, whoa, you don't get it? It's like, no, I get why people don't like it. Because it's a weird texture. It's just sugar, but it's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love candy corn mostly because it's a seasonal thing. Yes. Like, you I'm know, not like, eating it all the time. Right. You know, like, I love it because I get it, like, for, like, a month and a half, it's, like, the thing. I can, like, go buy it at stores, and I can just kind of munch on it whenever, and it's nice. And it just reminds me, like, Halloween's my favorite season. Um, Skittles are like never good. I, I never, I've never in my life bought Skittles. Like they've only ever just like ended up given to me. Yeah. I feel like I've only gotten them are great. trick or treating. And Reese's are like in the absolute top tier of candies. I mean, that's like if Reese's isn't one of your, if you don't have like a peanut allergy of some kind mm -hmm. or chocolate, like lactose thing. Um, I don't know how you can't love a Reese's cause they're amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, we've got USA today. Put out their uh, their Halloween candy bracket ween, uh, essentially March Madness bracket, and uh, it has if we can zoom in here. So the one seeds are the York peppermint patty. Uh, looks like Skittles. 
Butterfinger and Milky Way. How Reese's is in a one seat on here. Reese's is like the Halloween candy to me. Reese's is like the candy. Like yeah, when you like think of candy, that is like immediately like like it's, top three. It has the orange package and everything. It has yeah. like they have the pumpkin shape. They have the themes. Like, like ah, which I will say the themed Reese's yes. are the elite version. Butterfingers is great. Snickers are great. Wait, they they made York York peppermint patties being a one seed is I I do love a York peppermint patty but that being a one seed is wild and that's not something you really get at Halloween yeah that's, that's more like, of like a Christmas like, yeah like that's not I don't associate that with Halloween at all to be honest because it doesn't come has to come in one of the variety bags mm-hmm. like that's that's Halloween candy if it's not in the variety bag it's hard for me to like you know to really call it Halloween candy so they had York peppermint patties knocking out a Three Musketeers bar which. That seems. I love Three Musketeers. That's a hard call, though. I don't know. But um, I think I could have. I whenever it's a, a tie like that in my mind, I think like, what could I eat more of? Mm-hmm. And it's a Three Musketeers. Yeah. Uh, we've got Mounds against Almond Joy. Both <sighs> love them. I'm not a coconut oh my guy. God. That's like one of my. Uh, like similar to candy corn, where it's like I only eat those around Halloween. I only eat almond joys. I've never bought one, but I mm-hmm. love when they end up in like Halloween variety bags. Or like when I go trick or treating, like I would take everyone's almond joys because like I'm typically not a coconut person. Something about almond joys, though. It's just the dark chocolate with with the coconut. Mm. Give it to me. Don't know if they counted this as the left, the right, or both, but Twix against Reese's, that seems like an easy decision. I think it's a hard choice only because Twix is very good. Twix are good. That's just bad seating, unfortunately. It's a bad draw. But Reese's wins every time. Uh, M&M's and Skittles get confused for each other all the time. Uh, But yes, M&M's far superior to a Skittle. And then on the other side of the bracket, Snickers takes down Milky Way. Fair. Easy decision. I am not a Milky Way person. I like Milky Way, but I mean, ultimately, it's like Snickers without some extra pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just it's a it's a, a stripped down version. Star- it's the acoustic version of your favorite song. It's like this isn't yeah. as good as the live, you know, like version, but like it's okay still. Mm-hmm. Twizzlers go up against Starburst and Starburst. Are absolutely disgusting. Really, Tw- I hate like I know they're not even technically licorice, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. I you know what's weird is like I always try. Say like once every like two or three years, I try a Twizzler because I'm like, this is you know like your taste buds change as you get older. Like I like foods now that I didn't like even like right, two definitely. years ago. So I'm like, this is gonna be the year that I start liking this stuff. And every I'm like, this is just you tried eating. the nibs with the, the just, filling in them. It just tastes like wax to me. I like I don't I'll never understand it. <laughs> I see. But Twizz- I'm not wild about Starburst either. Twizzlers like the only quote unquote licorice that I like yeah, not not a fan. I don't really like Starburst. I'm not into like chewy candy. All Starburst that I'm cool Starburst. with. Um, I just hate the the slander that it's like. Oh, only the pink ones are good. Yeah. I mean, they're all they all taste kind of the same to me. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the same thing, just a little bit of flavor injected into them. Uh, hundred grand bar and baby Ruth. I think hundred grand bar gets enough love. They're very good. I don't think I've had one of those in a decade. They got, they've got a lot of texture going on. They're they're a good bar. Can't sleep on them. And then, uh, Butterfinger. I think I choose a hundred grand over baby Ruth. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, Payday and Butterfinger, and Butterfinger comes out on top. But that's pretty fair. Butterfinger's very good. Butterfinger takes down the 100 grand bar in the next round. Snickers takes down Starburst, and then Snickers takes down Butterfinger, while the York Peppermint Patty takes down Almond Joy. Reese's takes out M&M's, and then Reese's take out the York Peppermint Patty. 
and the final was Reese's against Snickers, and Snickers came out on top, it looks like from the thumbnail here uh, of their video, 52 to 48. Oh, my God. Disgusting. I mean, it's whatever. It's pretty wild. In my mind, those are like the two most popular Halloween candies, so it makes sense that they're in the final and that they're split the way they are. Um, Because, again, like, I just think of, like, go walk in your Halloween candy aisle. Those are the two, like, headliners on each of their respective bags when you, like, look for the the variety trick-or-treat one. So, man, love me some Halloween candy. Really looking forward to that this weekend. Spooky movies and and Reese's. Gotta love it. Um, I turn old tomorrow. The birthday is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. The big 2-7. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm 90, but... uh, yeah, wild stuff. But I think that's all we got for you guys. I think Make we've sure. all aged. <laughs> we've all aged a lot. Ninety. This year. <laughs> uh, make sure you guys are following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram for the podcast are at Underground PHI. You see me and Matt's uh, Twitter handles below if you're watching on Twitch. But at KBIZZL311 is my Twitter at Matt Castorina for Matt's Twitter. Make sure you check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Got a lot of written content that's gone up over the past couple days. National Lacrosse League announced its return to play for the 2021 season uh, today on Wednesday. Uh, College game day is going to be taking place at Augusta during the Masters. The crossover event of the century. I mean, it really is. Those are two very iconic. Two very iconic and two like very intersecting uh, what do they call those? Demographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty wild. We wrote up about that. And then obviously Pat Pitts and his fantasy football blogs that come out each and every week. Make sure you check those out. Uh, Eagles enemies will be out either Friday afternoon or Saturday uh, because we've got a new guest for Cowboys week. Pat, no C Walker, uh, recovering from COVID-19, just getting back into the swing of things. So shout out to no C friend of the show um but we got a new guest you guys will see it on social tomorrow but gave me a a great idea and he said let's do friday because jerry jones speaks to the media at 11 30 and he's probably gonna say some wild shit uh so i i'm already excited for that episode of eagles enemies which you guys will catch either friday afternoon or saturday new episode of the dan russo show will be up on friday we got a new outside the box podcast recorded today with harrison and myself and uh also friday new season of the mandalorian i totally that had totally bypassed me because i've been so focused on watching uh spooky i've been so i've meant for a very long time now since i got disney plus to watch uh the simpsons but it's like such a huge under yes. undertaking so i've been watching all the uh tree house of horror nice. good call which is very cool really enjoyed that so that 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 blue pad. I'm gonna have to rewatch the first season because that's uh, it's a that's what we're uh, so Harrison, myself, and Richie. Since Disney Plus has the uh, the party feature, and Richie's mm. never seen The Mandalorian, um, we are it's going to it's a good show. party watch uh, to get ready for season two. I also kind of enjoy the fact that Disney Plus, when they release a new series, it's week by week. So it's kind it of something nice to, to look add, forward to a little bit there. Yeah, and you don't you don't binge it all and kind of I do find when I binge shows I forget so much of it the yeah. next time I revisit it that I have to like rewatch the first season or the first two cuz 
you're just watching such succession that you forget a lot of the the plot details and stuff. With it being like spooky season, I've been I've been getting that itch again. I get this itch once a year to go back and from the beginning just rewatch Stranger Things. It's a great show to rewatch. It's so good. And now that like all three seasons are there, season four is allegedly getting ready to ramp up filming again. I uh, I can't wait. Like it, it's easily one of my top three favorite shows of all time. Love Stranger Things. Um, and you can catch all of our binging and craziness with all the streaming platforms. Plus, we have a giveaway going on for that podcast very soon. Going to be giving away a thirty dollars Netflix gift card uh, at Streamer Season at Streamer S Z N. We'll announce that on Twitter when we do, when we uh, have that giveaway ready to rock and roll. Um, but you know, holiday season right around the corner. Who doesn't want a free Netflix card to, uh, pay for your Netflix a little bit? Uh, pretty wild to me too, that Disney plus does not have a gift card service yet for their things. Also don't know if Hulu applies to it since they have that package and everything, but Hmm. Mm -hmm. that always struck me as odd. Disney, they're usually on that kind of stuff. So yeah, Yeah. it is surprising. I wonder if, uh, the Disney store (laughs) gift cards work for Disney plus people are asking, but Check out all of our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know what you think about Daryl Morey coming to the Sixers. Very excited here uh, at Underground Sports that Daryl Morey, and like we said throughout the show, open invite. If Daryl Morey wants to come on the podcast, we have an open spot for you, Daryl. Spotify, Google Play, or Google Podcasts now. Uh, TuneIn app, Stitcher. SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcast, we are there. And uh, like I said, check out the website. A lot of written stuff. I'm sure as the draft comes by, uh, we'll be writing up some draft profiles, some Daryl Morey stuff once it's officially announced and we get some press conference quotes from him and everything will be up on the website as well. And uh, we'll be back live hopefully later this week, maybe early next week, uh, depending on just you know scheduling and stuff with it being Halloween and my birthday weekend and all that stuff. Who knows what's going on? But um, that's why you guys should be following the Twitch channel as well. Twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. You get a notification every time we go live. And uh, right after us, our boy Steven Schneider will be going live. He's been crushing it with all of his video game streaming. Been doing a ton of stuff with PGA Tour 2K21. And uh, he's been playing NHL 2K21 as well. Uh, got drafted by the New York Rangers on a Philadelphia yeah. <laughs> podcast channel. So that's been fun. Um, so stay tuned for that. He'll be live once we sign off here. And uh, this show would not be possible without our amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, Tomahawk Shades. Head to TomahawkShades.com, enter the code USP at checkout, saves you 25% off your order, and all orders $75 and over qualify for free shipping. And then our friends at Manscaped, Manscaped.com, promo code USP saves you 20% off your order, and you get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code USP. Any final thoughts, Matt? Uh, vote. Yes. <laughs> uh, don't know if anyone's uh anyone's noticed yet, but uh you only have less than a week to do so unless you're doing it in person, uh, in which case good for you. Be safe. But yeah, get your votes in because uh 
You need to make sure your ballot gets checked and submitted and completed. Make sure you read the instructions too, all that good stuff. But yeah, make sure your your voice is heard this uh, this voting season. And everybody in Philadelphia, stay safe. Yes. Um, just remember, Black Lives still matter. Um, the senseless and absurd shooting of yet another innocent black man. Um, people just trying to peacefully protest and obviously getting ransacked by ridiculousness from police um so everybody in philadelphia that is out protesting stay safe we're standing in solidarity with you and um if you can and have the means to do so donating to the philly bail fund would go a long way for a lot of people right now so everybody in philly stay safe we love you guys and uh we'll catch you on the next episode of underground sports philadelphia this has been episode number 278 for matt i'm kb we are signing off Peace.